You've tuned into Geek Elite Radio. Good luck. My name is Oliver Queen. My name is Barry Allen. You're blind, but you see so much. Everything we've been doing, it all leads here. Suit up. Jim Gordon, GCPD. I hear good things about you, Counselor. Harvey Dent. Likewise, about you, Detective. You think you know me, but I've never been more than what each of you has created. <laughs> Just look at the flowers. So, Daniel, continuing on from last week, uh, we got a lot to cover and a lot to uh, get through, so let's go ahead and skip through the news this week and just get into some of our mid-season finales because we had the mid-season finale for Gotham, the mid-season finale for S.H.I.E.L.D. and mid-season finale for Walking Dead. Uh, but we have like episodes backed up for each one of those two. <laughs> yeah. But Gotham, the last episode of Gotham for the season basically is uh, Gordon getting back onto the force, Bruce being trained to be a burglar, and... Uh, Mario and uh, Leslie getting married. So, where do you want to go to first? Um, I guess we can. I mean, what was the most interesting part of the story first? Uh, first off, I I don't know. For me, I guess the most interesting part was probably, uh, I guess Bruce Bruce learning to be a cat burglar. Okay. What did that, you, what did you, you know think? that? Go ahead. I just said, what did you think was the most interesting? Um, probably because, you know, the relationship drama has just dragged on this entire season. Well, ever since season one, it's had relationship drama. So I would probably have to go with the whole Bruce thing as well. Yeah. I mean, yeah, we, we have seen a lot to do with Leslie and, and Gordon. So maybe, uh, the Bruce, but then again, there was a lot of fucking relationship bullshit going on with that too. Cause he's Bruce is still hung up on why aren't we boyfriend and girlfriend with, uh, Selena. That's true, and I can't believe they're really forcing that shit onto us, man. We know it's going to happen. Yeah, I mean, it's going to happen eventually. Why did why, why do we have to worry about it now when they're kids? Because uh, the creators might think that the show might get canceled. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay, yeah, Gordon is back. Gets his way back onto the police force. Uh, what's his face? Um, Barnes is in the insane asylum with the the rage virus. And uh, we now know that Mario has some of Alice's blood inside of him as well. Um, yep, and they break it down as to what exact moment um, he got the blood in him. Yeah, which I still don't remember. Like, it's the whole, uh, some, something was happening at the hospital or at the precinct or something. And that, at that point, Mario stole some of the blood and, and used it on himself. Uh, no, uh, oh, right. Gordon was... deduces everything and he's like, oh, he's like, I know exactly when you did it. It's when I was, uh, when Mario was trying to get me out of my psychosis, you snuck behind him when he wasn't paying attention and you, and you injected him with the blood. And the Mad Hatter did that. Tar- uh, yeah. Jervis. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So when, uh, you know, that all happens and he's basically, he goes when, it was the was it the previous episode? No, it was this episode when uh, they go and uh, he er, Leslie tells him that they're thinking up a way to figure out how to tell if someone is infected or not. 
and he gets really interested in it. And then the dinner ends because it's a engagement dinner or something like that, or yeah, some kind of like engagement dinner or something, some dinner from uh, Mr. Falcone to his son. And at the end of it, the car blows up. Oh, right. Yeah, that happens at the beginning of the episode. And you're like, what the fuck? They make it seem like, you know, it was another mob hit right? on we, on them. Well, yeah, but, I mean, at first you think it's just it was on uh, the father, Don, right. Don Falcone. But then we come to learn later on, because uh, when he was picking up the ring, that they were actually coming after Mario. Yeah, and it was the Court of Owls, and... You know, Falcone is like, why the hell are you targeting my son? And they said that they can't basically explain that to him. But we kind of get a the, the reason why, don't we? At the end of the episode? That, that he has the blood. So that's the only reason they were coming after him? I don't, I mean, I don't really remember because they, they said that uh, basically the deal they ended up working with, they were like, all right, just leave him alone. And, you know, we'll still keep our original deal that we had. Yeah, obviously Falcone has some kind of dealings with uh, the Court of Owls, and I mean, obviously, if they're what they're representing to be, they're going to be involved in the underworld as much as the corporate world. So, uh, yeah, they they agree to lay off of young Falcone so that Don Falcone can take care of it somehow. But uh, how? How badass was it when Carmine was like, wait, I recognize that assassin. And then he goes into the uh, interrogation room and just pulls out the fucking molar. <laughs> that was pretty good. Uh, I mean, he knew what the hell he was talking about. Yeah. Uh, I mean, how um, how do you think Falcone is going to react to Mario being shot? Well, he always had, uh, you know a soft spot for Gordon, but I doubt that's going to still exist now that his son is dead. And especially since Gordon killed him. Right. Especially with the whole, you know, you promised not to harm him. Right. But I mean, it, it was just in the nick of time. Cause otherwise he was going to kill Leslie because they were on their honeymoon. And, you know, uh, he asked Leslie, you know, do you still have feelings for him? Speaking of Gordon. And she's like, I, you know, I, I'm not going to lie, you you know, he'll always have a place in my heart, but I chose you. I chose to marry you. I'm here with you right now, but that wasn't enough for him. He was still uh, filled with jealous rage, so he went to go stab her, and Gordon got there just in time. Yep, and just shot him dead. (laughs) So, you know, we found out that uh, Mario had figured out the way to cheat the test by taking a lot of some type of chemical and it basically masked the effects. But other than that, you know, that when the blood work, uh, when the blood work came back, Fox, uh, Lucius Fox was like, Oh, Hey, by the way, uh, you know, his blood is normal, but we see a shit ton of this chemical in his bloodstream. Right. (laughs) So yeah, there you go. I mean, that's, that kind of wraps up that whole story. Uh, obviously, obviously Leslie still didn't go with Gordon at the end. She was still very distraught and upset about the whole thing. And I said that, uh, I, I, I mean, I remember reading that, uh, she is going to be on a new show where she plays a 
attorney that helps out cops who were accused of doing crime. So I think I'm thinking that's where Marin Baccarin is going to be going. She, that's why she's no longer on the show. Right. And, uh, you, you know, you said it best too that in case that show doesn't do so well, she, she has a guaranteed, you know, role in Gotham. Right. They, yeah, they didn't kill off Leslie. So there you go. And, um, I don't know if, uh, you read the article, but how do you feel about, um, Oh, I can't think of his, um, his name, but oh, Ben McKenzie, he's he will be directing a uh, episode, um, you know, returning the season. You know, I, I always find it funny when one of the actors wants to direct an episode. One, you know, you're you're using a crew and uh, a uh, staff and actors that have been doing the show for a while, so they already really know what they what they want to do. You're kind of you're kind of in there just to learn more. So that's good that he's in there to learn more. And uh, I don't, have, I have no idea, you know, what his style is going to be like. I, I bet it's going to be a lot, cl- the, the episodes, you're not going to really be able to tell the difference for the episode. So uh, I, I'm not too worried about it. Do you think it's going to be a Gordon centric episode that he'll be directing? More than likely it probably won't. It will probably be like a, you know, somewhat centric to someone else because I think that would be a little hard for a first time director to do. Okay. All right. And um uh basically how how badass was it that, you know well I guess not really badass, but it took about four people to take down that talon. <laughs> so yeah, that you know, at the end of that episode, uh we see or the end of that part it's it's Alfred and uh Selena and Bruce all trying to rob the court of owls of this statue that the other guys that are supposed to be going up against the court of owls said was going to bring them down. But you know, they ended up getting killed by Talon and leaving Bruce in the wind. So he had to do it on his own and he's, he's supposed to walk across a tightrope to not set off the alarms, but he can't really do it. Whereas Selena can do it really well. And, but he has to sit there and hold the rope. And I was just like, I don't know if he could do that. I, I don't think he's strong enough to hold up that rope with just the rope alone, but then also the <laughs> rope with Selena on it. Right. Uh, yeah, no 12-year-old is going to be able to, you know, carry another 100-pound 12-year-old across, you know, a tightrope. Yeah, I wouldn't think so. But then she ends up falling at the end anyways because Talon shows up, and it didn't seem, really seem like that big of a deal. Like, she set off the alarm... And that's it. And that's it. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, it's uh, Bruce and Selena and and Alfred have to fight Talon, but uh, you know they seem to be losing. And then all of a sudden, a lady that's been following Selena throughout the episode shows up and helps them out. And big reveal, mom. <laughs> it's Selena's mom. <laughs> so yeah. I, I'm I'm assuming she's gonna be more uh, of the cat woman that we know from the comic books. It's, so it's going to be like, Oh, this is where Selena kind of learned her shit from. Okay. Well, Do you I've, think maybe Alfred and Selena's mom will have a little romance going on? Uh, I wouldn't doubt it because they would be of the right age. I would assume. <laughs> uh, and they, it looks like they've been itching to give uh, Alfred a love interest. I mean, in the comic books originally he, he i mean er, you know in the comic books you see him and Leslie Tompkins i don't want to say hook up but you know be friendly <laughs> towards each other often you know 
talk about going on a date together and stuff like that. Basically because they're the mother and father that raised Bruce after his actual mother and father died. But they gave Leslie Tompkins over to uh, Gordon, so they need to give someone to Alfred at this point. Right. And um, what do you think the second part of the season will be titled? Uh, you know, I don't know. Uh, I, I mean, obviously, it's probably not going to be Mad 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 City anymore. Will we see more fish? Like, we haven't seen her since the beginning of the season. Right. She disappeared out of nowhere. So I wonder if she's going to show up in the in the second half of the season. Well, I know who already is coming back because um, my I extended my DVR to cut off a minute after the episode is over. So I cut the end credits, and it, it was basically a one-minute preview of Jerome coming back. So maybe it's going to be Gotham City the joke. Ooh, that'd be awesome. <laughs> or maybe it's like Gotham City, LOL. <laughs> <laughs> it's too trendy. Yeah, it's a little. That's a little too much. Uh, yeah. So we'll have to see what what's next for for our little group here in Gotham City. Mm-hmm. Uh, ready to go to Agents of Shield? Shield is fine. So. Uh, I, I don't think I'm gonna remember exactly where what the two different the difference between the two different episodes, but um, the first episode was when they were trapped in the other world, other dimension. Okay, and then um, basically the the season finale was them trying to stop um, Robbie's uncle. Right. So yeah, after Eli uh, did his little thing inside of his chamber. Fitz and Colson and uh, Robbie were all trapped in between dimensions, basically. Uh, and they had to basically, like, uh, they had to expose the fact that Ada was a robot so that they could read the Darkhold and create a Stargate, <laughs> basically, <laughs> to, uh, to pull Colson and Fitz out of there. Uh, while that happened, the Ghost Rider decided he didn't want to be inside Robbie Reyes anymore because he knew Robbie Reyes was going to be sucked into another dimension, the dimension that he didn't want to go to, and he jumped inside of uh, Mac. Mac. What did you think of that? Dude, that was awesome, especially <laughs> with the whole... He's like, yeah, he, you know, I don't see any vengeance in him, but he has a lot of pain. Yeah, to equate to equate that, you know, the two together. I mean, does not that he needed vengeance, but he has a lot of pain. That's that's pretty important, I think. Yeah, and is it just because of what happened? I mean, remember, I came in uh, third season, so I don't know too much about his past. Is it just because of the whole yo-yo relationship thing? It, you know, it's not just that, but uh, there's the, the the I think the pain of his parents dying which is all stuff that happened off the show. There's the stuff with Yo-Yo. There's the stuff with um, Hunter and Mockingbird leaving. Um, most of his team died when they first showed up, when he, him and his team first showed up. So there was a, you know, there's a, I can see where there's a lot of pain that he's carrying okay. around. Um, this episode when they were trapped in the, you know, in between dimensions, this was probably my favorite episode of the season. 
it was a really good episode. And, you know, I thought I wasn't going to like it a lot because uh, you're basically seeing the same thing over like a second time because you you see it from from like uh, the agent's side and then you see it from like Colson and Fitz's side. And I was like, oh, I can't believe we're just watching this twice. But it's actually it's actually it was actually a really good episode. Yeah, they uh, they played it off really, really well. Mm-hmm. And uh, the acting was really, really good, too. And, yeah, um, I mean, this whole episode, you know, felt felt tense, I guess. That's the, the, the you know, what I, I want to put it as. It felt really, really tense. Yeah, I mean, it seemed like the stakes were really high. I mean, we probably weren't going to lose Fitz and, and Coulson, but you never know. That could have happened. Yeah. And uh, don't get me started on what, you know, might happen later. (laughs) (laughs) So, but, you know, it was interesting that we ended up having to, you know, pull the Darkhold out. And that's, you know, the one thing Coulson said not to do. And and, and, uh, May ends up pulling pulling it out and saying that this is probably the only way that we're going to be able to save them. But she didn't want to read it. And she took it to Radcliffe. And Radcliffe, like, looked at it for a second he's like no i'm not reading any more of this this is a bad thing so yeah you know it's supposed to mess up any human mind they're like oh well, we have someone that's not a human and they they pull out ada and i like to when they show her reading it it's all ones and zeros that was pretty cool binary code yeah <laughs> yep and i mean they end up making it through the nick of time um, and you know, the big thing is, that Robbie is like, Hey, you know, if you come back to me, uh, he tells us to the spirit of vengeance. He's like, if you come back to me, um, you know, we don't have to just settle my score. I'll help you settle all of your scores, which, yeah, you got to wonder what that means. How many people does the spirit want to go after? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Who, I mean, who is going to be on that list for him? That's got to be uh, a pretty scary thing. If you're on the, the spirit of vengeance list. And I mean, he probably has to go after a lot of demons, not just normal bad guys. Very true, very true. Uh, and Robbie says he only has one person left that he wants to go after. And that pretty much takes us into the next episode. Uh, and that's he wants to go after his uncle Eli, who he blames for uh, putting his brother into a wheelchair and also putting himself as the spirit of vengeance. Yeah, and this, uh, you know, the whole tense, uh, everything being on high stakes basically goes on to this episode as well. Yeah, I mean, we see that um, Uncle Eli is able to create matter, basically. And he's uh, he's starting off with, uh, um, I forget what it's called, carbon. That's what it is. He's just creating carbon and he uses it to escape from... Uh, shield agents and stuff like that but then when we see him next he's creating that box and you know there's a lot of science going on right then when they they talk about it but it's a it's a pretty cool box apparently yeah and he ends up uh fucking trapping robbie in it yeah every time robbie tries to uh ghostwriter out he puts a new spike through him and he's just like oh that hurts and he just puts him right back to zero and it's like i was like oh that that kind of sucks you know you don't you can't you're not being able to get to the thing that you need to get to so you can kill him yeah and i mean at one point colson does toss him the the chain 
Yeah, I really thought that we were going to see the the flaming chain at that moment, but it was more just to help him pull himself off. That was kind of incredible. Yeah, and even then, it still, you know, didn't do much because he decided to uh, go down with his uncle. Yeah. Yeah, very true. Uh, there was a lot of uh, back and forth on whether what they were what the direct the new director of Shield uh, was going to do with uh, Daisy and the fact that she's you know a wanted criminal and then uh, what is going to happen with him. But when he goes into the fight, he has a suit on. Yeah, and. Basically, he pretty much re- reveals to everybody that, you know, he is uh, an inhuman. Yeah, but he had already revealed that in that earlier interview with the senator. True, but he made him more, I guess. Because didn't he say that he wanted to always be the uh, the face of, of S.H.I.E.L.D.? I don't know if he said he always wanted to be. But... Oh, oh, Coulson said that, that yeah. he wanted uh, an inhuman to be, you know, the face of S.H.I.E.L.D. Right, but he said he wanted a certain inhuman. He He told Daisy that... It it wasn't Mace that he wanted, and basically implying that it was her that he wanted to be the face of Shield. And you know, come find out, uh, there's a giant earthquake that goes on, giant explosion. Everybody sees uh, Daisy, and they all freak out, like, "What? She's escaped? She's been here the whole time? She's an escaped convict? She's a criminal? Let's stop her!" And She's then, a terrorist. yeah, and basically the director is like, "No, no, no! She was working undercover. This was all her plan. She got it going. We're we're good here." Yeah, yeah. Basically, a retroactive bullshit. <laughs> yeah. But uh, I guess uh, in that one thing that we were talking about a second ago, where uh, Colson was talking about her being the face of Shield and being the the new director, uh, it's a call back or a uh, reference to the comic books because in the comic books, at one point, she becomes the interim director of shield oh okay so that's what that was and that's why she says uh, oh maybe not in this world or something like that oh okay so i just wanted to throw that out there uh yeah with uh and fitz and simmons come up with this whole idea that when eli is creating that matter he's not actually creating matter because that goes against the laws of physics he's he's actually pulling it from somewhere else and they figure that all out and they're like well you're destroying stuff so you need to stop it or else it's going to hurt you and and you know finally he gets his just desserts yes <laughs> and and they're like what no why are you questioning me are you not smart i'm the smartest <laughs> person in the world <laughs> Uh yeah, and she, what's her face? Ada once again creates her little whirlpool stargate thing underneath the box, and that was kind of cool. Yeah, so I wonder where you know Robbie and Eli are at now. Yeah, uh, I mean, obviously the the Ghost Rider wants to be uh, evacting or enacting his vengeance on on whatever it is that he needs to enact his vengeance on. So, uh, do you think there's going to be any residue left over inside of Mac, or like thing? You know, is he going to be a Ghost Rider at some point again? That that'd be pretty awesome. Or maybe he'll have some of that superhuman strength. You know that. Uh that Robbie had maybe maybe I wonder I kept if... wanting to call him a uh, metas too <laughs> wrong world yep I wonder if he would have used his 
his uh, axe gun as the Ghost Rider if it would have done something like how you know how the chain changes. Yeah, that would have been interesting. That'd be badass to see a flaming axe coming down, <laughs> down on you. Uh, yeah, you were right. I think the, the these episodes were pretty, um, pretty intense, and it goes all the way up into the the stinger right before the end of the episode that that Agents of Shield usually has with um, May. May we find out that Ada switched May out. Yeah. Keeping her hostage in a in a closet. Yeah, and then I, I guess she created another robot. That's probably what that thing that we saw, that brain that we saw that she was working on. She created another LMD to take over her place, and that's what the the next part of the season is called. It's called Agents of Shield LMD. Yeah, holy shit! When do you think they're gonna find out that you know Agent May is a LMD? Uh, I don't know. I, I assume it, it will probably be Coulson that figures it out because he'll be like, you're not acting right at some point. Which really sucks I... because <laughs> she's drinking that stuff that whatever it was that she was saving to drink with Coulson whenever they got done with this. So, you know, she doesn't get to enjoy that. So wh- why why did Ada pick, you know, Agent May? I don't know. Probably because she felt that Agent May was the biggest threat. Hmm. Okay. That makes a lot of sense, actually. Yeah, I would assume that, I mean, because they, the way they, they definitely leave that character up is the, that she is obviously the most untrusting, but also the most cynical. So she needs to, she would, like, she probably would never be convinced that Ada would be on their side, so she needed to replace her. Okay. What do you think? Oh, I, I mean, I think... Well, she was... Uh, well, she was pretty trusting about, you know, with Ada the whole time, up until she found out she was an L&D. Um, whew, that's actually a good question. I didn't think about that. <laughs> But yeah. you're right. Well, I mean, biggest threat. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say. Yeah, she was cool with her when before she found out she was a, a LMD. She was like, "I like her. She she's no nonsense. She tells you like like it is kind of thing." But uh, yeah. yeah, it didn't end up working out that way. So yeah, I'm excited for the rest of the season when it comes back. Yep, and then we're gonna see Doctor Radcliffe probably die. I was actually su- suspecting that he was gonna be the, the one that was dead inside that, or was inside that holding cell that. May was in. Oh, that would have been even. I think that would have been a better twist. I would have thought so too, but oh well. Is she gonna build an army of LMDs? <laughs> she probably is. She's probably gonna be like replacing each one of them one by one. <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> uh, okay. Anything else you want to talk about, Agents of Shield? No. Okay. Uh, all right. We need to go back three episodes for The Walking Dead. We have um, the we season... have the fish community. The fish. Okay, so where Terror was at. Okay. We have the episode where uh, Jesus and um, oh god, uh, Carl break into Negan's compound. <sighs> all right. When we get to talking <laughs> about that episode, I have a lot to say. 
And then we have obviously the mid-season finale when Negan is waiting for Rick to come back from his little scavenger hunt. <laughs> and we when we have a mystery character that we need to talk about, which I think I know who it may be. Okay, I have a I have an idea of who it might be. I don't know who it actually is, but uh, I, I can't wait to hear who you have to say. But let's talk about the the motor lodge in by the bay people. <laughs> so one, what did you think about uh, Heath and his kind of little temper tantrum that he had? You know, talking about we've been out here for two weeks and all we found is seven cans. He had his mindset where it had to be. He was right. I mean, if you gone for, you know, almost two weeks, you found seven seven cans. Okay, so say we were traveling on a hunt. Uh, we only found three cans of food in like a week's time. We're like, all right, we're, we ain't going to find shit. Let's go back. That would have been my mindset as well. Yeah. I mean, if you didn't – one, I don't understand where the hell they were looking. Because if they went out two weeks, they should have found more. I mean, just what we see in the later episodes, we they, like between Rick and Spencer, they just should have easily found more stuff. Right. I don't know if they traveled east or if they traveled west or if they even went up north. I mean, you would think that they would hit a big city. Well, yeah, exactly. And the fact that they traveled for two weeks, they must have been just traveling like in a circle around... Uh, Alexandria, because I mean, two weeks driving without any traffic, you should have been able to cross the country a couple of times, I would think. Right, unless they were laying low and just taking back roads so they wouldn't be spotted by the saviors. Uh, well, to, for all they knew, they already they just got done killing the saviors. That's true too. That is true too. So, and and then once Tara gets to leaves the the fishing town. She walks all the way back. And I know I'm skipping all the way to the end, but she walks all the way back to Alexandria. And it doesn't look like it's more than a couple days of walk. So, obviously, they were they were still relatively close. Right. See, um, I think that's one of the problems I have with Alexandria right now. Is that we have no real idea of distances. Like, how come the Saviors never went to Alexandria before? Why is Why is it a problem now? Obviously, they're not that far away. Right. Because, I mean, when um, I was watching the marathon right before the mid-season finale, and they said that um, it was 20, 20 miles from when the Saviors stopped Carol down the road. They're like, oh, 20 miles down that way where you came from. Really? Yeah. Huh. So maybe maybe they had a deal with fucking uh, Deanna. And... Now that Rick, you know, is trying to take over different communities, like having Hilltop help him out, take food away from, you know, the saviors, they see him as a threat and, you know, their treaty or whatever they have has been revoked. And that's why they're hunting down the people of Alexandria. Uh, I don't know. I think I think if that was true, Negan would have said something about the fact that uh, I had a deal with Deanna. And, I mean, obviously, people like Spencer or other people that lived in Alexandria before our group showed up, they would have they would have had to have given stuff to Negan. Negan wouldn't have just been like, okay, we have a, a truce with you, and that's it. No, it's you guys got to give us half your shit. Right, that's true, too. 
Well, fuck, man. Uh, I just, yeah, that that's a big question. Yeah, that's. I mean, that's the only thing I, I don't understand. Like the distances seem weird because you know, getting between uh, Hilltop and um, Alexandria is close enough that Carl and Enid could walk there. So, or even yeah. skate roller skate halfway there. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, it's just it was it. You gotta wonder why these communities didn't didn't talk to each other before this, before this point in the story. Yeah, you're you're entirely right, and uh, it's just convenient writing, right? And I mean, obviously. So, getting back to this episode, obviously the you know the people this this woman colony, and we find out that they're a woman colony, not by choice, but by the fact that Negan killed all men over the age of 10 uh uh you know they they just kind of walked away in the middle of the night from their community and not only did they walk away but they walked away with all their guns and all their supplies and Negan didn't have any uh saviors just like keeping an eye on them or anything that's I think the part that I find the hardest to believe right and then I I mean you brought up a good point when we recorded this the first time um, and I'm not trying to sound like a se- sexist pig asshole, but the point that I brought, I was like, wouldn't it be more convenient for Negan to take all the women and just have them in his brothel? You would think that's something that he would have came up with. And for some reason, he he didn't. So that's, you know, something that struck me as a little bit odd. Yeah, me too. Um, I don't know. I uh... It's, it, I don't know. That's, I think, I mean, I love this season. Trust me. I, and I loved last season. So I just, this little bit of it has been irking me since we came across the saviors. Like, how come the claimers never came across the saviors? You know, that would, I would have liked to seen how that, I mean, obviously the claimers would have been killed almost instantly. <laughs> but, or wait, I'm sorry. That was still back in Atlanta, wasn't it? Yeah, that was in Atlanta. All right. Fair enough. Uh, Okay, the wolves. The wolves was part of um, the Alexandria part. So, you know, why weren't the saviors and the, the wolves go up against each other? Maybe the... Yeah, because, I mean, maybe the wolves actually knew what kind of heat they were packing. They're too much of a threat. No, I wouldn't, I wouldn't even give that much, you know, to the wolves. They were all very much animalistic. Like, they would have just saw a threat and decided to go after it. I would think you, you should, Yeah. I mean, you're right. This, the past two seasons have a lot of plot holes. <laughs> I mean, it's not, trust me. It's, it's not, I'm not trying to throw plot holes in there. I just think it's, it's weird. The timing of it is all weird. The, the, the distance of it is all weird to me. It just, it doesn't make sense. So, uh, I, it's just something I wanted to talk about, but getting back to, uh, Tara and her, her town of Amazons, um, <laughs> how did you feel when Cindy kept saving her life? I mean, obviously that's a good thing for our character of Tara. Yeah. Um, we, we all love Tara and, you know, don't want her to die. Um, I think that at some point Tara is going to have to go back to that town and be like, Hey, you know, we, we need your help. And, you know, obviously they're establishing that for a potential love interest. 
Yeah, I mean, not with Cindy, I would assume, but with someone over there. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I would say probably probably Cindy though. You think she's old enough? I I would think so. Oh. But I mean, I also get it with the whole like you know, it's not right. We don't kill. You know, it's okay. Let them go. We don't kill people, kind of thing. Right. That was her mindset, anyway. Yeah. So, and she was just trying to prove to the other little girl that's like, we we're not these people. We don't have to do this to everyone. Right. Uh, and, and I mean that brings up the 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 part where she was questioning Tara, being like, uh, you know, making decisions is is one thing, and uh, having to follow through with them is another thing. But what uh whatever you do don't tell anybody that we that we're here i'm helping you out kind of thing right so when rosita Uh, asked her is there anything that you found should she have told her see this is where the whole morality thing comes into play but this brings it back to the whole they're gonna find themselves in a bind they're gonna need guns they're gonna start a war against fucking negan so they're she's gonna have to tell them well, I, I, I liked what you said earlier. I don't think she's going to tell him. I think she's just going to go back to that town and be, like, asking for help without telling anybody. That could be a possibility thing, too. Because I can see that happening as well. I, I mean, obviously, I don't know. Her best friend, Glenn, is now dead. Her girlfriend, Denise, is now dead. She obviously has a lot to to be angry at Negan and the Saviors for. And uh, she... I would think that she uh, doesn't really have someone that she feels that she needs to answer to anymore. I mean, yes, Rick is their leader, and she's very much in Rick's uh, camp, but like, she doesn't need to explain herself to anybody that's not that wasn't Denise or Glenn. I think maybe maybe uh, uh, Maggie because Maggie was Glenn's wife, right? And you know, I feel that. She should have probably, well, and this is skipping a little bit further ahead, but I think that with Rosita, she should have, you know, it was good that she kept it to herself, but I think with Rosita, she should have been keeping her more in line, uh, you know, trying to talk her out of it kind of thing too. What do you think? Yeah. I mean, she, yeah, I think she really should have, um, she did spend a lot of time with Rosita and, you know, Abraham and uh, Eugene when they were on the road. So she would have had a better ear. But, uh, you know, Rosita obviously is very much set in what she was going to do, as we see in the season mid-season finale. Right. Uh, but uh, uh, do you think that they're going to make uh, make her into a, a, um, a crowd favorite character now? You know, that's what I uh, just seen what they do in the next two episodes with Tara and uh, what they're probably going to end up doing. It, it really seems like they're trying to do a boost on her character, like she's going to be a bigger part of the main crew, uh, which I don't know how I feel about that yet. Right now, she's kind of p- trying to play off this like uh, tough, like when we first were introduced to her and she was part of uh, that family that, that took in the governor. You know, she was trying to be this badass. She, she, she said she was a cop when actually, actually, she didn't even make it through the academy, and <laughs> she, you know, tried to be, she tried to be tough and stuff. But we end up finding out that, you know, 
or she now she's kind of playing up a lot, lot more jokes. Like when she was captured by the the Amazons, she's like, you know, I thought I was gonna, I was trying to see if it was safe. I still don't even know if it is, you know, kind of thing. like just trying to throw jokes out there. I don't know if that was a thing to just like try and get their defenses down or what, but it, it, she's she's playing it up silly. True, and we also know whenever a character gets, uh, you know, character development, they tend up, you know, usually end up dying. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes, that is uh, a trend that happens. So uh, maybe she will be on her way to the grave <laughs> sometime season season eight, maybe. So I well, I don't know. Maybe just later on this season. <laughs> uh, this episode in particular didn't need to be an episode. It needed, you know, this could have been a side of an episode. All right. Um, I I agree. And, uh, you know, what I hate most about this episode is uh, what the hell happened to Heath? Obviously, they did the whole, oh, shit, we see we see some braids. Is is that him? And then it's just a walker. But, I mean, that I just hated the way that how that ended, you know, just a key card with PPP and tire marks. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, that card that, I don't know if it's, if it's some kind of key card or if it's some kind of badge or, or what, there's nothing on either side. So it makes me think that it's, uh, some type of RFID chip inside that would unlock something. But yeah, there's like three P's on there, but the way that they're written kind of makes it look like it might be something else. We were just looking at the wrong angle. I don't know. And, and obviously if she walked all the way to Alexandria without a problem, he he must have gone kidnapped because he would have driven back to all the way home. Yeah, she he would have. So yeah, he must have been kidnapped. And you have to bring up the elephant in the room is that the actor is now the who plays Heath is going to be on. He's the star of the new Twenty Four show. Like he's taking Jack Power's place. Yeah, so he'll probably come back maybe towards the end of the season. Just you know, explain a little bit what happened, and then we'll see him. Every now and then, I I would assume. Yeah, probably. Unless they do the whole thing that they did with Beth, where you know they spent half a season, and then that all of a sudden the episode preview was like, "Where's Beth?" <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, we'll have to see what they ended up doing with him. I I'm more curious about what the PPP means. Me too. And um, they've said on Talking Dead that only Scott Gimple knows what PPP means. That's true. You know, only Scott Scott Gimple would know. Uh, the next episode is the "Sing Me a Song" episode, and it's called that rightfully because uh, Negan makes Carl sing a song. <laughs> yep. But okay, so Carl, he's there with 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 Jesus in the back of the truck, and Jesus is like, "Okay, we're getting close. Uh, we need to jump out." And he's like, "Wait, wait, you show me first. And Jesus jumps out, rolls away, and then Carl just waves at him. He's like, what the fuck is wrong with you, kid? <laughs> you were such well, a moron. So there's mistake one. Mistake- oh, hold on, I gotta give him. I gotta give him credit though. He he has no deaf perception, like we saw. So maybe he did need an instructor. To be like, yeah, I can't angle this right. I can't see out of one eye. So I need to see you do it first. <sighs> Whatever he knew what he was doing, he was just telling Jesus to jump out because he didn't. He wanted to stay in the truck. So great, <laughs> fine. You stayed in the truck. Now you have an assault rifle that's sitting there, 
and uh, Negan and his men come to unload the truck, and boom, you're exposed. So first thing you do is shoot the guy that, that exposes you. All right, that guy's dead. Uh, now a whole bunch of people are around, and you're like, I just want to kill Negan. And Negan shows himself up. What do you do? You sit there and just look at him. You should have just shot what? him. It should have been over. He even calls him out. He's like, get out of the balls, kid. <laughs> and then he shoots the next guy that runs at him, but then, of course, after that, they all run at him. But you had your opportunity. You say you're going to do these things, and you fuck it up for everybody else, but you didn't take your opportunity. You didn't take your sh- your chance. Like, obviously, I'm not for this plan. You shouldn't have done this. You should have listened <laughs> to your fucking dad and, you know, did what was supposed to be done. But no, you went and fucked it up. So uh, now Negan has him right there, and he's like, you need to pay. You need to pay for killing two of my men. And what does he do? He doesn't make him pay. This is bullshit. <laughs> People have are giving out ultimatums and saying that there's rules, rules that you have to follow. And if you, I really wish that I didn't have to follow the rules. Blah blah. Shut up, Negan. You, your rule says that you're supposed to kill this kid for killing your men, and you did shit. Hey, he does pay him back by doing odd things that you know Negan kind of got off on. God. So I like yeah. Remove your eye patch, kid. <clears throat> yeah. That, yeah, that was weird. That's what, I mean, like everything that you've told me about the character of Negan from the comic books, uh, like, what like, he he's not okay with rape, right? Mm-mm. So, like, you know, if someone ends up raping somebody else, they're gonna pay the price, uh, right? But yet, he's okay with the fact that he has multiple wives. Yeah, I mean. Yeah, I know it doesn't make sense, okay? <laughs> uh, you know, he's he he seems to give respect to the people that try to try to uh take him down kill him? or kill him, yeah. But like the whole thing with Rick is you giving me that eye that makes me think that you don't understand the lesson kind of thing, you know, and I mean, I guess he never he doesn't kill Rick, but he he, he humiliates him quite a bit. But yet he's he's almost coddling Carl. What do you think of that? This is the right word, but I find it really uh, masochistic, maybe even uh, nihilistic. Oh, okay. I could, I guess, yeah, you could say that Negan is a, a nihilist. He 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 knows it's the end of the world, so he's just having you know whatever the fuck that he wants to do. But he's the way he's going about it with you know making this empire for himself and you know this is still my problem of these people are following him it just baffles me but uh he does and you know we see one guy who decided he didn't want to do his uh redirect chores that he's supposed to be doing and he went to go have sex with his wife or his former wife because that that lady is now one of Negan's wives uh, he has to get you know the iron to the face, the the good old Dwight treatment. Yep, <laughs> and God, that uh, that was uh, a little bit painful. It just made me you know cringe a little bit. Yeah, I I feel that he left that iron on the face a little too long, like not for pain wise, but like the amount of damage that he would have done for as long as that he held that iron to his face would have been more than what we saw. Right, and I sadly, I don't think we'll ever see that character ever again. Yeah, probably not. Uh, I remember, 
I was reading something, or maybe it was the Talking Dead, where the guy talks about how that uh, he, his his uh, neighbors at his apartment complex might have hated him quite a bit because he kept practicing his screaming. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Poor poor neighbors though. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, you know, uh, he, he makes Carl sing a song. He makes, he gets Carl's story of the fact that Carl had to kill his mom. Uh, he, he, Carl is acting like this badass this whole time, but as soon as he takes his eye patch off and like Negan talks about it a little bit, he just starts crying about it. I'm like, come on, this is your, 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 it's way too exaggerated in the both ways here. Like I can understand, I can understand him being insecure about it, but just to break down crying and then in the very next breath, like be like, "Why the hell haven't you killed me yet? How how come you haven't killed my father yet? How come you haven't killed Daryl yet?" It's like, come on, dude. (laughs) Maybe maybe he was just playing it off so that Negan would back off and show a little bit of pity. And I, I don't know. That's another thing. When when Negan shows pity or remorse for what he does, it just makes me. It takes me out of it almost completely. Like, so we have that part when he, uh, you know, is like, "Oh, come on, kid. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to upset you." And blah blah blah. And then later on, when he's making fun of Olivia for being <laughs> overweight, he's like, "Oh man, I wasn't." I didn't want you to start crying. It's like, well, what the fuck did you think was going to happen? You're making you one, you scare the fuck out of her, and two, you're making fun of her weight. And then he's like, well, we have to wait anyways. How about we just go and bump uglies for a little bit? And she's like, what the fuck is wrong with you? You <laughs> fucking slaps him. Yeah. And he's like, you know what? I'm actually more attracted to you now. Shut the fuck up. God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I love this. You know, you know what? What? Just gonna get off topic for a little bit. Have you heard of the angry video game nerd on on YouTube? I've heard him. I've heard of him, but I've, I don't think I've ever watched an, one of his episodes. Okay, then what you should fucking do? You should do a YouTube video or a solo podcast where you just fucking rant about characters like these. I love it when you do it. I find it hilarious. <laughs> Uh, well, I'll try and do it more often when we're talking, just so that uh, I know that I have an audience. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, so uh, Miranda just brought it up that, you know, he's very, very, you know, I don't even see it charismatic anymore. Uh, just I agree with her. He's very cartoonish now. I don't know if that's because he knows he's playing a comic book character. Or he blends a little bit of, uh, you know, sociopath with charisma to be, you know, the character that he is. You know, I think you're absolutely right. And I think I was thinking the exact same thing when I was watching these last three episodes or last two episodes with him is that his character is becoming very cartoonish. And I don't know, maybe they're going to reveal that he has some type of bipolar or something like that, you know. Or he is just a sociopath, or you know whatever it is. But it is, it's all over the place. And okay, yeah, that's different. That's different for a character at this point. Because, I mean, look at our other baddies: the governor and uh, uh, the wolves, and and you know uh, Terminus. These all these all these people were straight up evil. You know, they 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 had their way, and they you know it was going to be that way, but. 
Negan also being evil is able to sell it to people that he's not, that he's actually protecting them. Okay, and I guess that's where his uh, charisma comes into play. And that's that's Jeffrey Dean Morgan's charisma, I think, more than anything else. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Um, I mean, he's played another comic book character that we both know and love. Uh, you know, he was from Watchmen. Uh, he played the comedian, and he actually, yeah, a whole different take. He wasn't cartoony at all. He was serious, you know? He's very serious in that for being a, a straight-up comic book superhero. <laughs> yeah. Makes no no sense. So, what do you think about uh, him being in Alexandria at the end of this episode, and and you know, finding little Judith, and you know, wanting uh, Olivia to make some country time lemonade for him, the good powdered stuff. Um, I just saw him as a threat the whole time, and I was like, at least you know he's somewhat civilized when it comes to a baby, and then he made that comment. I it it, it makes me feel like. He wants to play house. Like, he, he wants Carl to be his son. He wants Judith to be his daughter now. He wants, I mean, maybe it was going to be Olivia. Maybe it's going to be someone else. He's Because he's even talking about, well, in the next episode, he starts talking about, you know, getting a house down here in the suburbs and stuff like that uh, and retiring. But it almost feels like he wants what Rick had or or is supposed to have now. Well, um, in the comics, they're starting to slowly release um, his his uh, background, and uh, in the apocalypse, he loses his wife. So, you know, he might he might have had you know a daughter as well. So he might have lost it all, and he just wants to fill that void. Yeah, interesting. Do you ever sit there and try and think about like what these people like what occupations people had before the apocalypse? He, yeah, sometimes I do, and. Uh, they in the you know prequel comic to Negan, they explain what he was. He was a uh, high school tennis coach, and he was also a used car salesman. Oh, I was way off. I was thinking he was a dentist. <laughs> I don't know why. I just felt like he was a dentist. But because I am your dentist. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Exactly. He's Steve Martin in the uh, Little Shop of Horrors. <laughs> Uh, no, I don't know. I, I don't know why. I just felt like he was, but um, tennis coach. That's very specific. Like not just a a, a high school sports coach. Oh, sorry, but... it was a high school tennis coach. Right, right. That's what I'm saying. But okay. like, you know, there's not too many coaches that are specifically a tennis coach. I don't think in high school. I think usually they have to take on several jobs as coaches. But he's specifically a tennis coach. So, all right, interesting. Yeah, um, used car salesman. Maybe that's where he gets some of his uh, personality from. Oh, that definitely is where he probably gets a lot of his charm. He ha- you have to be very charismatic to sell a car to people. A used car. A used car. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, so then you go ahead and move on to the next episode. And uh, well, who do you who was it? Jesus that slipped the note under the door for Daryl. Yes, I I believe it was Jesus. It makes sense. Okay, because uh, when when they drove off to Alexandria, he was on uh, on the truck top on the truck roof, and Daryl spots him and looks up there, and then uh, once they walk around the truck, he looks up again. And he's gone. Right. So yeah, it must it must have been it must have been Jesus. I just didn't I didn't I didn't want to just assume that, but I think it was it was probably pretty obvious. But okay, well. <laughs> 
What about uh, Fat Joey? <laughs> uh, he had two parts. He had the part where he finds Lucille and gives it back to to Negan. And then, uh, uh, poor dude. He got it bad. <laughs> he got it bad both times, too. He got insulted by Negan. And then fucking Daryl just rips into him. Fucking, he went full on Negan on on Joey's head. Joe's head. Yeah. And he showed no remorse whatsoever. And he did bring up a good point. He's like, no, he's like, he's not just looking out. Or, no, he's not looking out for me. He's just looking out for himself because it's all about yourself in this community. Yeah, that's true. So, yeah, you're in agreement that that, that, uh, Daryl should have killed him? Oh, fuck yeah. He would have alerted somebody like, hey, he's escaping. He's escaping. He's probably going back to Alexandria. Hey, whose room do you think that was that Daryl was hiding out in and he trashed the room after he was eating the peanut butter? Maybe Dwight's. Do you think it was Dwight's? I I could see it being Dwight's, but I I just wonder whose room it could have possibly been. I know. That's hilarious. I just, um, I just like the fact that he was eating the guy's peanut butter. It, oh, and and I know in the I don't know if you saw it, but in the Talking Dead afterwards, he says, uh, "What's his name?" Um, Norman Reedus says he hates peanut butter. Oh, so the fact oh, that he had to dude. do that scene over and over and eat more peanut butter, he just hated it. Oh, I would too. And then just just by itself too, your mouth would get so dry. <laughs> uh. Okay, so yeah, Negan is hanging out in uh, Alexandria, and Spencer has found his uh, stash of hidden stuff, and uh, he um, fi- he also has a map uh, to where all these things could be or are supposed to, supposed to be buried. Uh, so, what did you think of all that? Kiss ass. Kiss. <laughs> Do you th- do you think that the the guy who buried all that stuff is the same guy that owned the boathouse? Yes, I do. So, do you think the guy who buried the stuff is the guy that was up in the 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 plate that was the dead guy that had the bow and arrow? Yes. Okay. Who do you think it is? Well, I mean, it it they could be the same person. I just thought that the guy who was who uh we saw at the very end of the episode the guy who snuck who the the mystery guest was the guy who Mm -hmm. owned the boat okay and i have my theory on that we'll just get we'll just talk about it later okay so uh yeah aaron and uh rick go on the boat to get some supplies off of there which surprisingly enough there was a lot of surprise there a lot of supplies there there was also a little note from the guy who left it there uh it said what uh even though you won you still lose and they didn't quite understand what the hell that meant but they loaded up and uh took took what they needed and they got it into the truck and got got back to alexandria to find out that hey uh negan's people were there which i would be i would be super pissed like because you came back and you're like all right we're getting ahead of it we're gonna get some more stuff to give to negan motherfucker came back two days later to pick up more stuff we're supposed to have a week you already didn't already didn't give me the first full week now you're getting out to giving me the second full week i i honestly oh wait no because ball um uh rick didn't have his balls at that moment yet damn it never mind <laughs> forget what i was gonna say okay uh 
yeah, when Aaron is helping them load stuff out of the truck, you know, they see his guys see a sign that sees the sign that says, even though you won, you still lose. And they think Aaron wrote it and start kicking his ass and beating him up. And I would just, I want, I so wanted Rick to be like, you fucking underlings. We're getting this shit for Negan. You, you don't understand what the fuck's going on. And I wanted him to do something, but you can't. They can't. He can't do something at that point because it just meant someone else was going to get killed. Right, and it. Oh man, it just sucked watching Aaron get the shit beat out of him. Man, he took it like a champ, though. He, he, he really sure did. did. He sure did. And he got up and he said, "My heart's still beating," kind of thing. So that was that was pretty cool. Uh, yeah, we didn't we didn't have Aaron uh, or not Aaron Spencer trying to do his backwater or back alley deal with Negan. Talking about, you know, if you take out Rick, then you, you'd you have to deal with me. So basically, he would be another Gregory, and uh, he would make it so that he could uh, be the boss of Alexandria, and he and he Negan would be the one would be working with him. But Negan didn't like that, because he doesn't like people that are shady like that, and he guts him. Yep, and that was taken right out of the comics, and that was awesome to watch on screen, too. Oh, so Spencer does the same thing in the comic books, huh? Yep. Oh, okay. Interesting. Uh, I have to I have to admit, when he did it, I was like, well, that's a stab to the gut. Uh, he's going to be turning here pretty soon. Someone needs to do something. And, of course, they did. They made Rick deal with it. <laughs> yep. So that was pretty awesome. Uh, Michonne I was... A, I'm sorry, what were you saying? Oh, I was just agreeing with you. It was pretty awesome. Yes. Yeah. Michonne was out trying to trap herself a, a savior so that the savior would show her where uh, the sanctuary was. And once again, the show kind of suffers from a bad CGI or I don't know, because the redheaded savior stops the car and says, there, that's us right there. And like, I don't, I didn't see anything. All I saw was like crossroads and a bunch of cars. So I don't know if we actually saw the sanctuary or we just saw a bunch of saviors that were waiting or block like at a border or something like that. I don't know what the hell we were looking at, but it was over. Yeah, I want to say it was bad CGI, and yeah, I just saw a bunch of cars loaded up there. Because I mean, when they uh, when uh, Carl sneaks into the sanctuary, you know, you just see a giant factory, so you should be able to see that pretty fucking well, even from that distance. Yeah, that's what I was thinking too. And uh, it's it's enough to spook Michonne so that she does kill the redhead, even because that's what the redhead said, just kill me, you know, whatever. Uh, and then she pulls around and, and takes off back to Alexandria. What did you think of her little trap to, to get the redhead? That was pretty fucking awesome. <laughs> Build the wall of dead of, of walkers, dead walkers, and just uh, wait for someone to stop. Yep, because he knew she knew that there's no way of clearing that basically, unless you could drive around. Right. Yeah. Exactly. And uh, you know, it, it was it's it was good. Uh, Rosita, after Spencer gets killed, uses her one bullet that she had Eugene make for her, and she fucks it up <laughs> like an idiot. She shoots Lucille. <laughs> How could she not hit Negan? Or did Negan like pull some fucking samurai Jedi shit and block the bullet with the, with with Lucille? 
I think since he does okay, so you pointed this out that he does a lot of uh, you know, leaning back and stuff when he talks. <laughs> you no, so, you don't so, say. <laughs> so something I noticed is that when uh he does a lot of talking with Lucio as well. He's always swapping shoulders. So I think he just got lucky that he, you know, switched shoulders and when he lifted up Lucio, that's when the bullet hit. Okay. I don't think it was some ca- crazy Jedi shit. <laughs> uh, but because of her trying to kill uh, Negan, we lost Olivia. <laughs> Which makes no fucking sense because of the comics. Um, this was uh, told to me, but basically what happens in the comics is that uh, they end up capturing uh, Negan. And instead of killing him for whatever reason, they keep him in jail. Olivia's job is to feed uh, Negan breakfast and dinner every day while he's in jail. And she has to uh, unlock his cage and set the plate on the floor and then lock it. She forgets to lock the cage, and that's how Negan ends up escaping. Oh, well, that's, you know, that's that's the way the show goes. They, they change it out. Maybe maybe that will be Daryl's job. Oh. <sighs> No. <laughs> <laughs> Seeing as how, you know, uh Negan put him in a jail cell, maybe Daryl will do the same. Or maybe they won't even they won't even jail Negan. Maybe they'll just end up killing him. Hopefully. <laughs> uh yeah. What did you And I fed him spaghetti. <laughs> <laughs> I want that on a t shirt now because that was just an awesome line. He's like, I brought your son home. I fed him spaghetti. You know, it was, yeah. <laughs> and the look that, that Rick gives Carl is like, what do you mean he broke into, like, that fucking kid? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's always fucking shit up for us. <laughs> uh, did you think that when, when Rick raised the, the Lucille, did you think he was going to do it? He, he restrained himself again. Yeah, not to do it. I couldn't believe that, but uh, we did see eventually him and Michonne. He, he, they, they kind, of, they make up and they, they all the group makes their way over to Hilltop and they're getting with uh, Maggie and they're all gonna, they're gonna take it to him. They, they, they know what they're gonna do. And we saw the one guy from uh, the Kingdom talk to Morgan and Carol about talking to Ezekiel to fight to to go up against. Negan, so I think we have the the beginnings of what's going to happen here. Because Jesus also told them about going to see Ezekiel. Yeah. So, um, all right. So what I think the guy that was basically, you know, spying on Alexandria, um, I think that is probably going to be um, uh, Ezekiel's uh, guy. Oh, Okay. See, I was thinking that it was the guy who owned the boat. Which could also be, you know, be that. But, I mean, why do you think it would be the guy on the boat? I mean, obviously he wants shelter, but he can't take on a whole community by himself. Ooh, that's true. I don't know. I mean, like, that's what I got from the whole you won, but you still lose. Like, he's going to follow them back to wherever it is they're taking their food, his food. And then maybe he'll come in and infiltrate them by being uh, meek and being like, oh, I've been lost for the last couple of days or whatever. Can, can I seek shelter here? And then 
eventually kill whoever he feels is in charge. But you're right. How could he take on a whole community by himself? Also, I think that no either means that the guns are jammed and they're broken. They're not going to work. Or B, there's no ammo in the guns. Oh, maybe. Good good to know. Which oh, brings us back to the fact that uh, they he had to Eugene had to tell him that he made the bullet, so he took Eugene with him back to the sanctuary, which means Eugene is going to be making more bullets. Yep. Oh, and by the way, that's bullshit uh, because Negan immediately picked up the fucking shell. That would burn his fucking hand. <laughs> uh, it, yes, it would, but maybe Negan has no like uh, sense of feel, and that's you know one of the th- things that makes him crazy. Maybe. <laughs> uh, anything else you want to talk about the the season finale or the mid season finale? Um, no. All right. Well, I think that's a good wrapping up point then. Uh, if the, our listeners have anything they want to add to our conversation, what we had to say about these three shows, uh, we'd love to hear from you. You can get to me on Twitter at agent underscore of the underscore bat. Daniel's also on Twitter as at Daniel von Helvet. And you can check out Geek Elite Radio on Twitter at Geek Elite Radio. Make sure to go to our Facebook page, facebook.com backslash Geek Elite Radio. Be a part of the conversation. Be a part of our community. Uh, you know, if you have things that you want to tell us about uh, these shows and what you saw, we'd love to hear it. That's a great place to do it. Other people can be a part of the conversation. Uh, then go to our website, geekeliteradio.com, to check out archived episodes of this podcast and other podcasts on the Geek Elite Radio Network. But until next time, this has been Televised Rooks on the Geek Elite Radio Network saying always remember to geek out. Geek out. We now return you to your regularly scheduled program.